Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to that Chelsea podcast, episode 51, Trev Takes Over. Welcome back to that Chelsea podcast. I'm flying solo this week and without Jackie's having a nice holiday in Wales, but I'm joined by two of my favourite people I've had on the podcast. It is Carefree Jam and Jay Tomlins. Jam, start with you. How are we doing, man? Absolutely buzzing, mate. You know, uh, first weekend of the Premier League's done, Super Cup's done, Chelsea winning them both. What can I say? <laughs> uh, no, it's, it's really good to be back on, mate. Always a pleasure coming back on here. So thanks for the invite. And uh, great to be back on with Jay too. Yeah, exactly. Jay, how have we been, man? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I don't think we've actually spoke, Nick, since the Champions League final, have we, mate? Nah. I mean, yeah, we actually yeah met up face-to-face, Ben. So that's one, one Twitter person well, with IRL. Yeah, we've spoken about over Twitter. But yeah, probably not <laughs> like had a proper serious conversation since then. But yeah, a lot a lot has happened since then. So yeah, um, no, it, it's gone. It's got it's gone from better to better, hasn't it? <laughs> yeah, no, exactly, exactly. As always with guests, I get themselves uh, to give them a little plug. So Jam, why don't you give yourself a little plug? Tell people where they can find you, where they can find the Chelsea social, their content. Yeah, cheers, mate. Um, so with regards to myself, uh, if you go to at carefree underscore Jam on Twitter. Um, I've uh, recently discovered this thing called Linktree where you can put a link to all your socials under the one link. I highly recommend that for anyone, any content creator, for you boys. Linktree, check it out. It's free. All your links to all your socials are on there. So if you go onto my um, Twitter page at carefree underscore jam and then click the um, website link, it will bring up everything else. Instagram, YouTube, the Chelsea social, it's all there. So uh, please do check that out. Nice one. And Jay, where can people find you and all the content you guys do at the back post? All right. Firstly, I hope Linktree are paying you there, Jam. Great advert. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, back post. If it's same, same with me, really. If you go to at JTMLNS on my Twitter page, you'll find all the work I do. I, we do a podcast called The Back Post. Uh, we just talk nonsense and talk about football. And then I also do uh, retro football kits, which where we talk about football kits. And that's another passion of mine. So check those out. Yeah, all there, guys. Links will be in the description below. Right, season got started on uh, Wednesday. It was Wednesday. Uh, we played Villarreal in the Super Cup, and we won. Nice feeling, nice first game, first trophy under the belt. Um, jam, you know, to some, you know, maybe it's, you know, at times people go, oh, Super Cup, is it really that important? Is it just sort of a glorified, you know, European Community Shield? But the feeling you get, once winning that trophy was 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 a really good feeling wasn't it there was a lot of you know there was a lot of feel good factor about about that day to be a Chelsea fan wasn't there yeah yeah absolutely I mean where people try and say it's a glorified uh, friendly then 
you know, they're mostly going to be people that are not involved in that game, you know. They're going to be fans of clubs that, that may have got knocked out in the final. So I had a lot of Man United fans stinking up my mentions in that. But yeah, it's it's good. You can only ever get anything positive from it. You know, we have got a boost from winning that. It's not like it's going to win us something automatically. But the, the start of the season, that you got smiles on the players' faces yesterday against Palace off the back of the Super Cup performance, you know. That just that feel-good factor, wanting to put the shirt on again. Um, you know, again, another trophy. The fans singing your name because you had a good game on, on you know, midweek. Those little small boosts that you get, are, you know, what's really, what really sort of makes it worth it. So, yeah, I, I, I think, you know, it should never be underestimated the importance of actually winning such a, such a trophy. Um, so we've got that. That's one down. Plenty more to go, lads. Plenty more to go. Yeah, Jay, you know, one of one of the bright spots of, you know, it was, was far from a vintage Chelsea performance, you know, when I mean, it'd be very fair to say, but one of the bright spots before injury was Hakim Ziyech. How nice is it was it to see him sort of continue that preseason form that we've seen from him and, you know, kind of show, you know, show people what he's about. We've got no doubt his quality, you know, last season was stop start for him, but to see him, you know, start this season with a goal. Yeah, it was great. It was so good. It's it's tragic almost. It's heartbreaking, isn't it? Because the guy is so talented and he's so good and he's had a great preseason. And, you know, we were looking at him, you know, fitting all this talent into the squad and he was really making a case for himself. Um, just being our main goal threat, being just the playmaker we know he can be. That left foot is just magical. And then and then he just gets injured and it's and that's absolutely heartbreaking for for him for us fans just knowing that he was just getting started and um we're not too sure when he'll come back as well because it's a shoulder injury um so it, so it's like it's typical for him really it happened last year didn't it had a great preseason or whatever preseason we did have um and then just kind of got injured and then it was stop and start and i hope he when he comes back this time he comes back with the same form yeah, um, it was a you know frustrating night for quite a few individuals. I know there was you know quite a lot of talk about players like Christian Pulisic's performance. You know, it was quite frustrating from him. You know, Kai Havertz became kind of anonymous for the last maybe 30, 40 minutes of that game. Uh, Timo Werner, you know, Timo Werner. It's kind of it, it is what it is. But you know, I do want to focus on on positives, and we will get on to Trevor Chalobah because he is the man. This episode is kind of focused about. But Jam, Kepa, you know, talk about talk about a redemption arc. You know, he gets he refuses to come off or, or in the Carabao Cup final in 2019. This time he is a man who comes on to the pitch for penalties. And he is the man who helped us bring the Super Cup home. Just, you know, a player who's gone through a lot. He's had a very tough Chelsea career. You know, he, he probably will never be Chelsea's number one now. But just to have that sort of to experience that moment as a Chelsea player is must, you know, you, you can't help just feel happy for that can you oh I absolutely loved it I absolutely loved it and you know what? um it's quite funny the irony is not lost on me could you imagine what Sari was thinking when he saw that <laughs> he probably bought another pack of cigarettes didn't he but I'm not I'm not I don't mean to to, to take the, the piss out of sorry I'm just saying it's quite funny um Kepa 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 everyone wants him to do well but at the end of the day, Chelsea Football Club, it is, uh, it's, an, it's, it's a football club that needs to be winning. We need to be doing the best we can. And, you know, it's a business. And I think everyone slowly, it was like a slow death to an extent. Um, I think we all really, really wanted him to do well, but he just isn't at the level that we want him to be at. And obviously it knocked his confidence. He started to get abused, turned off, um, you know, comments from his socials and, I felt heartbroken for him because he's still Chelsea. Do you know what I mean? So to see him smiling the way he was smiling after he saved that penalty from uh, Raul Albiol, it was just amazing. And look, to be fair to him, he's, he's a good penalty stopper. <laughs> that, by the way, is not easy. Like a lot of keepers can't really do that. Look, Mendy struggles with penalties. So big up Kepa. I'm so, so, so happy for him. And you know, hopefully that that will be do, doing the world of good for his own sort of mental and well-being. Do you know what I mean? So um, they are humans after all. So, yeah, absolutely buzzing for Kepa. That's why I call him Kepa Ariza Bilbao, because that was his Bilbao form back. 
you know, at least what was there. So fair play to him, onwards and upwards, hopefully. And uh, we, we need him to do well. We need him to be in a good state of mind because uh, Mendy's going away for a couple of weeks to the AFCON in January, I think it is. So, you know, he really needs to be coming in and getting a few games here and there, actually, leading up to that. Um, so, yeah, big up Kepa. Yeah, exactly. Fair play to Kepa. Thomas Tuchel's kind of, you know, helped rebuild him quite well. I think it's fair to say Kepa's not really let us down since coming back into the side under Thomas Tuchel. So, yeah, that was really encouraging. You know, I am going to, we will, you know, continue with Trevor Chalaber chat when we talk to Crystal Palace. But, Jay, Trevor Chalaber, it was, you know, Chelsea's defence was a lot more open than we've come to see under Thomas Tuchel. You know, Villarreal did cause us a lot of issues, but the one man who stood tall, who stood strong, was Trevor Chalaber. You know, there's a lot of talk about going out on loan. We'll, you know, get to that in question still, if we, you know, still think he will go on loan. But for his first, for his first, like, competitive Chelsea game, wow. Honestly, where did that come from? Because uh, I'm not going to stand here and, and, and lie to you guys. I've not known too much about Chalaber before this because there was players in front of him there was Tamori in front of him there's Gerhi in front of him all these other carbon boys they've obviously gone on and done their own paths and then there's just another amazing talent just there waiting to fill the spot it's, it's incredible um, he had such such a good game uh, in the Super Cup he was arguably our def- best defender on the night and just so extremely happy for him because you can tell, and this is the same with all the Coven boys, you can tell it means a lot to him when they come on, when they perform so well. And that's why they perform so well, because they they want it more than the average player, you know, because it's their Chelsea. They have grew up playing for the club. And when they reach that level, all they want to do is succeed. So I'm really happy for the kid. He's um he's clearly a good talent. And you know what? He's clearly impressed too short as well. I think he's caught the eye of Tuchel and he's, and he's now giving him some serious consideration for, you know, the future this season. Yeah, no, exactly. A really, really strong and excellent performance. And it was a perfect way to kickstart Chelsea's season where we then move on to yesterday against Crystal Palace. Now, before I kind of get into, you know, sort of the players who stood out, and there were quite a few, I'm interested to get your guys' perspective on this jam. I'll start with you. Was that Chelsea... For me, that was probably Chelsea's best opening day performance since maybe Burnley away under Jose Mourinho in 14-15. You know, when you think about, you know, Fabregas de Schoenle goal, like some of the football we played. Like, I feel like quite in recent time, Chelsea's opening days have been quite quite stodgy, quite, you know, patchy. And obviously, some have been a bit of a bit of a disaster as well. But that felt, while obviously there was still improvement, I feel like we did leave some goals out there. That felt, you know, as good an opening day win an opening good as an, and as good an opening day performance as I can remember in a long time. Yeah, spot on. I mean, um, you know, Chelsea used to have two records. They used to be very good against Arsenal, and that's changed since around that time. Um, and they used to have a really good opening day record. Like, for some reason, we just always slap on the opening day. But then of late, that's changed. Um and, you know, we've seen Smithy performances. I think we got a red card against Burnley at home. Then they beat us 3-2. Um, we also lost 4-0 to Man United. So, yeah, it's been it's been a bit patchy of late. But you're right. Performance-wise, that was one of the best performances we've seen for a very long time on the opening day. Considering the nonsense of this preseason or what was there for some of the players who basically had a non-existent preseason, um, I thought that was... Thoroughly impressive. I, I literally did my pre my review video yesterday and I couldn't I couldn't get it out in words, just how impressed I was by the chemistry, by the um, you know, just the, the sharpness, the general sharpness as well, positional play. And yeah, it, it, it was just great to see. And you know, you asked the question earlier, this might just be off the back of the Super Cup win <laughs> that we're seeing such a good performance, you know, like you said. There were various individuals that had um, outstanding performances, but just as a team, I thought that was absolutely spot on. And that's exactly what we needed. But what could have been a bit of a difficult game, like Crystal Palace have got some physical players, blessed in pace or strength or both, but we handled them very well. We were very intense. We were very physically imposing ourselves. So, you know, that that is very, very encouraging. And I always say this, I always say this, start as you mean to go on. And I thought, you know, you couldn't really have much of a better start than that, to be honest, lads. Yeah. Um, Jay, you know, Kante, unfortunately, 
missed out, which meant we got to see Jorginho and Kovacic play together. You know, Jovacic. Um, they are, you know, perhaps not not everyone's favourite pairing. I think it'd be be fair to say I'm certainly not a fan of them playing together. But credit to them, you know, I thought both of them were outstanding in the middle of a park yesterday. I mean, Jorginho is just the man of 2021. Like, his comeback, his, the way he is just, you know, taken charge of 2021 is pretty pretty damn good. But then, then again, Kovacic, who I thought, you know, had a bit of an iffy Super Cup game. You know, he was, he looked right back on it yesterday. And, you know, it was, it was encouraging to see, you know, our midfield, you know, perform pretty well without Kante, albeit against a Palace side, but I did think looked very, very ordinary. Yeah, no, they, they always do this. I think they they they're so frustrating because they're either really like good and world class or shambolic, and it's like it feels like there's no real in between. Um, because you know, like you said, Kovacic didn't have the best Super Cup, and I remember thinking, oh, this is you know, this is it, this is Kovacic again. But then, like you say, Palace, he was brilliant, and Jorginho. Like I used to question Jorginho a lot, to be fair, and I think I've questioned him on this podcast specifically before. But you just can't now, can you? He's he's clearly just a class player. He's had the best summer of his life. <laughs> and I don't know how he'll ever top it. But yeah, um, happy to see them two do well. I'm always happy to be proved wrong, you know what I mean? Like with Chelsea, if if I'm criticising a player and they prove me wrong, that's a good thing because that means we're, we're winning and doing something right. So I was happy for that. It's a shame about Kante. I think I've I've said before as well, like Kante, you know, usually if he's in, he's, he's in form, we win games and we didn't need him today. And that's something to, you know, be happy about. We're not relying on one player to run the midfield, even though he's the best midfielder in the world. <laughs> he's like uh we're not we don't have to rely on him which just shows our depth as well so now i'm very happy with that um very happy with the game as well just in general like coming out of the firing blocks like that really a, a statement of intent really because you know united had their own one with their win against their uh, leads and everyone's been talking about the title race on the lead up to the first day and Chelsea have just given their own statement of intent so i'm really happy with that like like jam said start as you mean to go on let's kick on now um, and we've got a really good performance behind us to, to take us into it. And that was without Lukaku. We scored three goals without Lukaku, boys. How mad is that? <laughs> yeah, no, no, exactly. Jam, you know, again, a player who struggled midweek, Christian Pulisic. I thought he grew into the game still, you know, a bit a bit frustrating at times in the first half. But I feel, I feel like the goal just really helped him, really boosted his confidence. And then you kind of saw him that second half. He was, you know, you know, really kind of pulling the strings as well. And that was like a really encouraging performance, I think. From Puli, and as say he always scores against Palace. Yeah, yeah, he loves he loves a goal against Palace. I think that's five and five, um, and it's just weird how you get that sometimes. You get bogey teams, you get players that just love playing against certain teams. So long may that continue. And look, disclaimer: I'm going to say a few words about Pulisic, and I really do love the player. Back in the you know project restart just before, I will point people back to when I put out a video saying this guy is going to get us through it. Because I, I analysed his style of play and everything and saw he's a goal-getter. And what happened? So I want him to get back to that, with bearing in mind the words I'm about to say. But of late, he's been very frustrating. I don't know what it is. He plays with his head down or he takes a touch and just waits for five seconds and then passes when he could have done that pass straight away. And he's not really getting these one-twos going anymore. It's like he's playing as me, myself and I. And I, I don't know why that's happening. Yeah, his confidence is a little bit low, but... So, so maybe he's reverting to what he knows best and that's dribbling because he's amazing at that. We get it. But there is a time and a place to do that. His decision-making really, really, really needs to improve. We saw that midweek. And yesterday, we saw that in the first 30 minutes. And I'm not going to come here and say that he had an amazing game. I thought he played well overall. I thought a lot of players played very well, actually. But he, after the sort of first 30 minutes, it's almost like someone had a word with him. He got his goal, got his confidence back, and then he started to link up a little bit better and actually play with his teammates. Because there were a couple of times he lost the ball. I think there was one time it was like he was doing the mannequin challenge. He just stood still, got the ball from good work from, I think, Mace. And I thought, okay, Mace has just won the ball. He's played it into Pulisic. We're going to get a goal here. And then he just, he always stood still and someone turned off the power. I didn't get it. Like, I was like, what, what happened there, mate? But Surely he's got people working with him. Surely he watches it back and he knows, yes, I am a dribbler, but I need to do it in the right place, right time. Watch Eden Hazard for the sick. 
yes, he is a creator and you're a goal scorer, but I think there's a lot that you can learn from there, you know? Um, but look, I, I do think that this guy is going to have a good season. I still think he is. He's young. He's had troubles with consistency because of his injury struggles. Um, and, you know, availability is an ability. Hopefully this long preseason that he's had personally will doing all the good for this coming season. So, you know, he's starting from this point, but I reckon he's going to go onwards and upwards. So, yeah, I'm excited to see what he can do, but he really, really, really needs to fix up on his decision-making because when he does lose a ball like that, I have to admit, I turn into the Hulk for about 10 seconds. But after that, I remember he can be Captain America. And then, look, he gets himself a goal like he did yesterday. Right place, right time. That's what he's good at. So, big up, Captain America. Come on, onwards and upwards. You can do better, mate. Yeah. Uh, Jay, you know, another player who I thought almost kind of just picked off where he left off, picked up where he left off last season was Mason Mount. Like, you know, I won't say it was vintage Mason because, you know, I still think that we were at times maybe looked a tiny bit, bit rusty, but you know, when people hold goals and, you know, hold his assists against goals and assists against Mason, I just say, look at that performance yesterday. He wins the free kick that Alonso buries plus one and up in a game, but we were struggling, you know, at the start, I think we, you know, the first 25 minutes, it was still a bit slow and a bit, you know, going forward and then passing it backwards and sideways. It was a bit frustrating, but, you know, he plays his part in winning the free kick. And then the second goal, he puts in that dangerous cross that Guaita can't keep hold of and there's Pulisic to, to tap in and whereas you know that won't you know won't those won't register as like assists for Mason you know those actions are you know are directly leading to Chelsea getting goals and you know you can't really ask much more yeah he's so important to the way we play so important he, he's one of our most important players um you know a lot of people you know you say criticize Mason Mount for for weird reasons I don't understand why there's, there's there's so much negativity around him not from Chelsea fans or maybe from some Chelsea fans but those ones aren't the ones we listen to but um yeah no I, he just he he makes things happen he really does he he's the one that he kind of g's up the team he g's up that front line he's the one that will take the turn I think he did a couple of turns that are just I love it when he takes the ball he's back to goal and he just spins around and takes it forward it's just beautiful uh, and like like I say, he just makes things happen. He fizzes the ball around. He does the one-twos. He takes the ball, dribbles it around. He's so key to the way we play. And he, he keeps it fresh, keeps it exciting in the forward line. And, and for me, he's so undroppable. Um, he's so, so undroppable. And we, he's so, so important to the way we play. And I'm so happy that he's still, still there. And you know what? Tuchel knows that. I think, you know, when Tuchel came in, a lot of people were scared about Mason Mount's place. But Tuchel found out very quickly and knew very quickly how important he was. And and it's not just because he's, you know, Mason Mount, like the Chelsea teacher's pet. He's just a world-class player. Yep. Yep. Fair enough. Uh, Jam, I'm going to let you take uh, the limelight here. Your boy, our boy, everyone's boy, Trevor Chalobah. Oh. Uh, you know, watching him, like, you know, before we even get onto the goal, like defensively, him and all the back three, I thought, you know, was superb. Palace's only chance yesterday was when Rudiger blocked uh, that, you know, Zaha's attempted shot. All the back through superb, you know, but Chalabas, you know, his rate of passing, you know, the, the diagonals he was pinging were just beautiful to watch. His distribution on ball and then, you know, just the goal was just beautiful. But, you know, Trevor Chalabas, just what a man. Yeah, what a man, what a man. And you, you boys know what I'm like with my nicknames. I call him Trevorywhere because he is literally, <laughs> he's everywhere. <laughs> for real man like this guy for Chalabar is just an absolute boss he's one of those and look I'm not I'm not just gassing him up after a few performances but I'll explain why I'm, I am actually gassing him up after a few performances um you know you get those guys I, I guess we've all played football to an extent and um you know the listeners you'll probably be able to to um understand this but you know you get those guys that just seem to be able to do everything like on the pitch, they're just good at everything. Like most of the time when you get a defender, they're, they're slow. Or, you know, most of the time when you get a striker, they're, they're weak. Like, I mean, do you know what I mean? There are some weird sort of stereotypes you get with football. But this guy could play in every position. Generally, he looks like he can. Um, I just love his confidence. He's coming. I don't know what has sparked it off, but he's coming to this team with swagger. He doesn't care. He, he literally, he's taking people on from the right centre-back position and running past and running up with the ball all the way up the pitch. He doesn't care. He has so much confidence in himself. 
And when I saw that, like the thing is with with slightly younger players is you always have to look at look out for their confidence levels and their own ability in their body. He is super confident in his body, and I still think he can put on a little bit of mass as well, by the way. But that's just something that you get in time. Um, but he's confident in his ability. And I think a lot of young players, sometimes what they do is they try and play safe because they don't want to lose the ball. He doesn't care. He doesn't care. And literally, I, I love that because he's playing carefree. He is, he's proper Chelsea then, isn't he? Carefree Trev and all that. But look, it's all shown by the goal. Like, he took on that touch and he was like, I could shoot here. And he's hearing the crowd go, shoot. And what does he do? He doesn't just shoot. He smacks it on target. Like, if he's capable of doing this as well, then he has to be playing in the first team. He doesn't need to go on loan. And we could talk about this, I guess. But, like, I saw that and I put two and two together and I was like, hang on a minute, we've been linked with Kunde. Why are we going to play a, a, what, 60, 80 million euros for Kunde when we've got Trevor and Chalobah? <laughs> Genuinely, let's use that money on a DM. Trevor Chalobah has forced his way into Tuchel's thinking. I think there was a quote about him even saying that or something like that. I think it's absolutely amazing. Yet again, Cobham FC is running the show at the bridge. And do you know what? It's funny because I, I did tweet this out the other day. People were complaining, saying, oh, Marina's selling all the youth prospects. Oh, selling all Cobham FC. Oh, we've lost Gray. Oh, we've lost Tamori. You know, all of this stuff. When we had a star ready-made, already there under our noses. It's quite funny how quiet that's gone now, to be honest. Yeah, no, exactly. And look, you know, you talk about players going, look, it's great to see Gerhi starting for Crystal Palace. We saw Livermento start yesterday for Southampton. It's great for them. They're forging their own careers and hopefully maybe one day we'll be back at Chelsea. But yeah, you know, you can't keep them all, unfortunately. But we've got Trevor and he looks a player. And he's, he's you know, his path might have been slightly different to others. So I think, you know, he actually played at the youth levels a lot younger, you know, a lot earlier than perhaps, you know, expected. And then he's, you know, had his loans, various loans. I think Ipswich, Huddersfield, you know, Lorient in France, you know, his path had been maybe slightly different to to some others, but now he's, you know, he's got he got his chance at preseason, and boy, has he he taken it. Uh, before we move on to the questions, and you know, above all, say also just being inside Stamford yesterday to witness Trevor Chalobah realize a dream it is special. I think you know that tweet emerged, you know, about him saying like, you know, I'll make it for you, mum, or whatever, and that that you know, you see stuff like that it, it's just really beautiful, and you can see how much it means to him. So to see it to see a player witness his dream in the stadium is always brilliant feeling. But before we go to the questions, slight, you know, we, we knew it was coming, but it's kind of, you know, we got the Fabrizio Romano, you know, confirmed that Tammy is off to Roma. I've been very outspoken on this pod about Tammy and the opportunities he hasn't been given under Thomas Tuchel. But, you know, at the end of the day, you can't question Tuchel too much because what he's done at Chelsea is incredible and it's just, you know, wrong place. Uh, yeah, right place, wrong time type thing. But Jam, Tammy Abraham, I think his story at Chelsea is very admirable. What he's come back, what he's faced from the Super Cup defeat at Liverpool to what he then was able to achieve in his time at Chelsea. And, you know, while he may not have been, you know, the starter in those two, in the two trophies we've won, he's still been a part of this Chelsea group. And I think well, this move is good for him, but also, you know, he can just look back at his Chelsea career, just a lot of pride of what he's achieved, can't he? Yeah, he certainly can. Um, you know, how many players come through the academy and make it into the first team? How many players can say that they got a top scorer, Chelsea Football Club first team from the academy? Um, big up, Tammy. Um, I, I, I've always had a real soft spot for him since... You missed that penalty in the Super Cup against Liverpool and then he got all of that abuse, a lot of it racist abuse as well. And I worried for him. Um, but, you know, in the face of adversity, he rises and becomes our top scorer. Got a hat-trick not long after that. <laughs> he, he, do you know what I mean? That that moment at the Emirates where he got the winning goal. Like, he he has done a lot for this, for this football club. And it is a shame, to, you know, to see the way that he is currently going out. But just as you said right place, wrong time. I think in the interest of Chelsea, we, we need a ready-made elite striker right now, which is why we've got Romelu Lukaku. Um, I call him Romseal, by the way. Like, Romseal does what he says on the team, scores goals. 
um, <laughs> but I had to get that in there. But look, yeah, looking forward to Big Ron coming in. We know that we had struggles in front of goal. And I think Tammy right now, that pressure isn't what he needs. And I don't think, um, you know, he he was able to, to, to kind of meet what we needed, what we require right now. He has the potential, which is why I think Roma is an excellent move for him. Get out of the league, go somewhere else, get your confidence back. Um, you know, go to a team where actually you could be a big fish in that team. Um, you know, really get that swagger going. And you, you, you have to put it like this. He's about to turn 24. People are saying that he's washed. They're having a laugh. Question this. Where, where was Drogba when he was 24? Where was Drogba when he was 26? Where was Drogba when he was 28? Tammy's got a long, long, long time to really, really realise his potential as a striker. He has a bit of pace, but doesn't rely on it. So for me, he could be playing for a little while. Do you know what I mean? Yes, he has to improve on his aerial ability. Yes, he needs to improve on his finishing at times in certain places. But that will come, and that will come with game time and consistency. So hopefully he starts at Roma. Hopefully Uncle Jose looks after him. And hopefully we see him realise his potential. And hopefully we see him back at the bridge one day. Right place, right time then. Yeah. Jay, anything to add on Tammy? Uh, just just thank you for for some of the great games man like yeah you know, i was i was there for the wolves away um that season where we see scored his hat trick like that was one of the best you know away days i've ever been to so thanks for that tammy appreciate it mate uh, i'm just i'm i'm happy for him i'm happy for him because it weren't happening at chelsea unfortunately um like i think john said you know we need we're at a stage in in our in our, in our timeline right now where we're going to push for a premier league with we currently Champions League champions. We need a, a top-level striker. He doesn't need that pressure. So I'm so happy for him to go get game time somewhere. Go play under a, a boss like, you know, Mourinho. He's, as much as, you know, Mourinho, my, you know, he's got question marks over his head. Go play for someone like him. Go find yourself as a player. Go go, just be yourself, be creative. And um, we'll, we'll see where his career takes him. And I'm, I'm excited to see where it does. Yeah, no, exactly. Just wish Tammy all the best. You know, it was probably been a really difficult last six months for him at the football club. He mm-hmm. just kept his head up high. You know, you've seen in the dressing room celebrations, he just still seems in good spirits. He's a great support of teammate. You know, I think, you know, posted yesterday, honestly, how, you know, just how delighted he was for Trev scoring that goal. You know, he is just a real good teammate, just a real good human being as well, it seems, you know, and when you're that, it's easy to root for you. So I think, you know, we will all wish him well at Roma. I think if the lad has got a big future ahead of him, I do think he really does. He is a top, top striker. You know, to score the amount of goals that he has at his age is pretty good as well. He's got a big future ahead of him. As I say, it was just, you know, right place, wrong time, unfortunately, uh, at Chelsea. But he has a big, big future ahead of him. And I'm sure one day, fingers crossed, hopefully, he'll be back. And yeah, as I said, he gave me one of the best things I've had inside a football stadium when we won at the Emirates 2-1, that comeback victory limbs in that away and fingers crossed Romelu Lukaku can cause a repeat uh, next weekend we shall see now answering your questions first one comes in from Hadi. he asks do Chalabert, Christensen, Alonso keep their places for next week or do you think one or all of James Silver and Chilwell need to play instead I mean Jam this is this is interesting obviously Chelsea have a behind closed doors game I think today against like, is it Weymouth or something uh, which is designed to give players minutes through, you know, haven't really had minutes of late returnees from from Euro. So you're looking at the likes of, of Ben Chilwell, etc. Um, would you kind of keep that same back free? You know, Alonso was was very good. I thought yesterday, I know we didn't really talk about him, but, you know, Marcus Alonso did a job, you know, if he, he probably could have had two goals, um, you know, defensively pretty, pretty sound as well. Chalab, you know, we praised highly. And Christensen, although we didn't talk about, I thought again was, was really solid. Would you be looking to, you know, to make changes for next week? No. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> definitely not. I mean, look, the, the thing with pre-season, for me, it's such a big thing because it's a chance for the players to get their bodies properly conditioned and ready for the whole season and hopefully avoid injuries, which is why I was actually a little bit surprised that we saw Mason Mount, you know, so early on. But that, that's another thing in itself. I think give Chilwell the chance to catch up a little bit because Alonso's performing well. There shouldn't be a rush. I think that's a bit disrespectful to Alonso. Not that that really matters, but I think it would be. Um, you know, he's obviously on form. We're playing a team that is out of form, Arsenal, albeit we can't go into the game with that mentality. But because these three players have played well, don't take them out. 
Reese James, in fact, actually playing right wing back. He's not right centre back in the game against Arsenal. He's playing right wing back. You know, Aspi probably misses out there. Yep, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, yeah. Um, Christensen, like, absolutely stellar performance against Palace. Again, like, Silva, don't rush him back. Let him get his fitness. Let him have a preseason. Let him play in the game today, the friendly behind closed doors. Let him just get there slowly. Like, we have to look after him. There's no rush. Um, so, yeah, I think we've got the luxury of just relaxing, um, you know, playing the guys that are in form. Because we've got a squad and it's going to be rotation city this season, as it is anyway. So, there is no rush. We're all good, in my opinion. Yeah, fair enough. Jay, would you kind of stick with that same back three? Yeah, I think I think so. you got to think players like Chilwell as well didn't actually play at the Euros, did he? He didn't get... Any, did he get any minutes? I don't think he got no. any minutes for England. So, you know, he's he's he'll be lacking in that way. And you got to, if you've got a good thing going, just keep it going. You know, these players like Ch- Chalabas on top of the world right now, Alonso got his free kick. These players will be feeling confident. Confidence is such a huge thing in football, you know, taking confidence into a game, um, especially with a team that are out of confidence, like you said. Uh, is is a huge so I'd keep it the same and and look we've got a long season ahead of us we've got some big games you know at the start of the season we've got some big games coming up haven't we rotation is key so these players keep them in for now see what happens bring silver in when when needed bring James in when needed but no I'm happy to keep it that back line for now yeah fair enough said yeah I I would keep Chalaba Christensen and Alonso I think if you are going to make a change as P was perhaps I don't want to say the weak link, but he, he he didn't feel like he was perhaps at his best against Palace, and I think Reese actually looked really good when he when he did come on. So I you know I might be tempted to you know go Reese James for that game, but we'll see. But other than that, I would stick with it. Uh, the same next question comes in from Dan at Kings Road Blue goes, "What's more, what's most impressive, Chalaba's performance of a whole club working as a well-oiled machine?" Uh, I will kind of, it depends how you define club, because if you include everything, then I will, you know, Chelsea did fail to install 908 rail seats in time for the game. So, you know, you know that, <laughs> that wasn't great, Chelsea. That wasn't great. Um, but I, I do get the kind of general point of the question. But, you know, Jan, it does sort of feel that, you know, it does sort of feel to be like a, a good, a really good feeling around the club at the moment. I know, you know, we've just got Lukaku in, you know, with, you know, Chalabas performance. We, there's, there's quite a lot, you know, I know it's only match one, but there's already quite a lot to be excited about, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. And I'm going to expand on this question, actually, in my answer. So there is a, quite a good feeling around the club at the moment. Yes, the men's team, the women's team, absolutely smashing life as well. I saw many tweets about, um, you know, people saying how impressive it is to have, like, the women's players on big arse, on, on the walls, sorry, like, alongside the men's. And it's just all inclusive. The academy is very successful. We just sold so many players to the elite level league. Um, and we've got one that's coming through, breaking into the first team. So there is an amazing feeling around Chelsea at the moment. And I know the women's team are excited going forward in terms of what they could do this season. They got to the Champions League final and didn't quite get there. But they're looking at the league. They're looking at a few other trophies. They're looking at hopefully going one better in the Champions League. Back to the men's team. We have all the reason to be excited. We managed to win the Champions League. We've got a young squad that is going to be better. We've got a couple of, uh, uh, what, triple European champions? Jorginho and Emerson in the squad at the moment. I mean, Jorginho, his swagger, for example, with his blonde hair looking like a Super Saiyan, he's playing to it right now, honestly. He's just playing like a triple European champion right now. And triple includes a Super Cup. It does count. I'm going to count it. Um, Absolutely. But... The feeling around the club is just amazing at the moment. Um, I think that's super impressive. But Chalabar, you know, <laughs> if we're the question, right? The, the question was asking which one's more impressive, right? Yeah. Go back to that. My answer is quite long-winded. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I think <laughs> I, that is an incredibly good question, and I'm going to give it to Chalabar. I would say why because I think. The club, it's been a long work in progress to get here on all those fronts that I mentioned. The plan was put in place a while back, so it's kind of not a surprise to see it work so well, in a way. But Chalobah is a surprise because he's come out of nowhere. Where was he on loan? He was at loan at Lorient, that I think barely escaped relegation in League 1 last season. But, you know, I saw him, I saw him, 
them on Twitter, they were constantly praising him. And, you know, I kind of took that with a pinch of salt because it's Lee Garner and Lorient avoiding relegation. But look at this guy. Look at him coming in with that swagger and just stepping up to the plate like there's no like there's no issue, like there's no step up. It's it's incredible. So I'd say Chalibur just on that. Apologies for the long-winded answer, but I had to get that all in. That's all right, Jay. I'll give you sort of this follow-up from, from Shine. He goes, with a lot of talents having left us this window, do you think that, you know, Chalibur, with these incredible performances lately, has been a ray of hope for the common talent who might have, you know, reassessed their future? Because obviously, you know, whatever, you know, we can say about, oh, you can't keep them all. When you lose players like Tino Livermento, Academy Player of the Year, you lose Mark Gurhey, who people almost have pigeonholed in this team. Tamori, we kind of know was going to happen, but you still lose a talent like Tamori. When you've got those players and quite a few of them who are, you know, probably, you know, certainly in Tamori's case, prove that they're good enough to play for Chelsea, it is understandable that then there would be, you know, a knock-on effect of academy players doubting their futures here. But is there, you know, does Trev's performances again kind of show, but not only that, but also the fact that, you know, people might have just isolated down to Frank was the reason these academy players got a chance. He was the one who opened the door for so many. But now, in fact, we're actually seeing that Tuchel has opened the door for, Tra- for Trevor Chalibur, potentially, and Trevor is just smashing through that door and taking his opportunity. So do you think, you know, that Trevor's performances is like giving giving a lot of hope to, to a lot of the academy boys? Yeah, definitely. It's only I feel like only Chelsea can get rid of Livermento, Gerhi, Tamore, and still have a player like Chalibur there. Like that could only happen at this club, man. Um, yeah, I think the academy boys, to be honest, we've got the, one of the best academies in the world, if not the best. Um, so they're in good hands. They, they know what they're doing with these players, because if they aren't going to make the first team, if they are class, they are still getting moved, talking about, you know, Livermento going to Southampton and, and Gerhi going to Palace. They're still getting big moves to go and develop into their careers. So they are being brought up and put up into the best stage of football. Maybe it's not Chelsea, but we're still, we are still looking after them and developing them. So maybe, I don't think there's anything to worry about for them. If they're good enough, they will find the first team. I think that's clear now. Um, a couple of years ago, maybe five, ten years ago, that wasn't the case really. You, you, there, was ne- there was no sight there, but with players like Mason, Chalaba now, you, and, and even when Gilmore was in and out and Reese James, there is that sight. There is that, you know, you can see if you are good enough, you can make it. It's just if you're good enough or not. Um, and players like Chalaba now, you know, they're just showing that they are and they are class and they are OK uh, to be there. So, yeah, I don't think the Academy boys have much to worry about. I think they can go on to have loads of success, be that with Chelsea or without. Fair enough. Uh, RJ goes, does Chalaba's recent performances make you reassess your position on whether we should keep or loan him. Now, when we had Adam Newson on last week, you know, he kind of had just written an article that Trevor Chalibur was likely going out on loan. I think Nizar Kinsella had also written an article that he might be going out on loan. But, you know, since then, he started the Super Cup and then people thought, okay, that's nice. We still reckon he'll go on loan. But then he started against Crystal Palace and went out and we see that performance and you're now thinking, like, surely he stays. And I know Jam sort of touched on it earlier, but, you know, is Kunde, you know, a necessity for this season, I guess, you know, with the centre-back situation, a lot of them out of contracts, you know, soon, then, then Kunde becomes more a priority for next season. But it, it does sort of feel that you'd be quite happy to keep Chalaba here and also the fact that he is a bit versatile and he could potentially also maybe fill in a, in midfield if needs be. But Jam, you know, for you, is it kind of just a no-brainer that we just keep Chalaba? Absolute no-brainer. Um, what more can he do? Seriously, what more can he do? Um He's forced himself into the first-team picture. I think someone coming in like that, like a, a young prospect like that, will actually make all the other um, first-teamers think, yo, <laughs> I need to play for my place here. So that, that is more healthy competition that I think is brilliant. He's already got chemistry with Mason Mount. Like, you know, they, they're in the academy together. Obviously, Tammy, but Tammy's on his way out. I, I just, I, he, needs to, he needs to stay in the picture for me. I don't see what good um, him going out on loan is going to really do him. He had that loan season last season. Now he's here to play football. Do you know what I mean? He's here to play and he can play. Like you said, he's versatile. He can play a couple of positions. So I need to see him staying. I, I, I need to see him staying. If he's capable of really doing what, what he's shown us in the last two weeks, well, last week, sorry, consistency, consistently, sorry, uh, and actually including pre-season, then... Absolutely, let let's keep him here. Alone's not going to do him more any good. He might actually become a starter. 
which is crazy. But big up him. I want to see it happen. Yeah. Jay, keep 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 him here, loan him, or what would you do? Uh, absolutely keep him. I think, you know, Kunde is great and he's obviously a clear talent, but they're both the same age. And for me, they both have the same potential at this club. So why not keep the Cobham boy, see what he can do? He's clearly good. Um, he's clearly, um, you know, impressed Tuchel. Tuchel, he's, he's turned Tuchel's head as an ear and Tuchel's like, yeah, okay, this guy's good. I'm going to start him against Palace. What can he do? He does that, you know what I mean? So yeah, keep him around and, and it'll, it'll do him a world of good because even if he doesn't play every week, which, you know, he can, um, he's playing with Rudiger, Christensen, um, Silva, uh, Aspie, you know what I mean? He's playing with them. Um, and that will do much better than going out on loan to someone for the year. Um, and who knows where he can be in a year's time. Uh, and if we develop a player like him to be a starter, you know, in the next couple of years, then we've got something special. Then, opposed to bringing Kunde in, him developing, then maybe him going and, you know, that kind of whole chain of events. If we just develop him now and get into the place where we want to be, we have a special thing on our hands. Yeah, no, I'm full agreement. I think we should we should keep him here. You look you look at where he played yesterday. He sort of played on that right sided sort of centre back role, and I think you know that that might be where Aspi plays occasionally. And I think you know it's foolish to write off someone like Aspi, but you are going to then question: Is that where As is Aspi going to be playing week in week out for us? You know there there should be opportunities sort of with our right sided centre back role. And then again, you see Christensen start yesterday. Him and Silva, you think would have a fair good amount of opportunities in sort of that middle centre back role because again, Silva won't be able to play. Every week, I do think there will be opportunities for him here. It's a sixty-game season, pretty much. We'll be playing, you know. He'll, I'd imagine, he'll get his opportunities, especially in the Carabao Cup. I'd imagine FA Cup early rounds. I wouldn't surprise me some Champions League games. We've got the Club World Cup in December. I'm sure there will be a lot of opportunities for him here. And look, he's done his time on loan. He's been to, you know, Ipswich, Huddersfield. He's been to to Lorient. He he's done his time, and I think now. Let's give him a chance. He doesn't need to be playing every week regularly because he's done a lot of that already in his career. And I think let's let's just see what he's about. Let's 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 actually put full faith in him and trust in him because again, we kind of saw what happened with Tamori at the start of nineteen twenty. He got given that chance and he took it. And yeah, there was you know inconsistencies, but he was good. It's just a shame for what happened afterwards. But we saw a player given a chance and he took it. And that was after those talks about him potentially going out on loan as well. So we'll see with Trev. But yeah, definitely. Definitely uh, keep him. Nick, these next two questions are quite similar, so I'll link them in. First one comes in from Jonathan Kidd, who is part of the brilliant Chelsea fan cast, which I definitely advise that you check out. He goes, do CFC need a class midfielder? And Manan sort of links in that. Is a lack of rumours linking us to a midfielder concerning considering we only have three regular centre midfielders in the first team squad, assuming RLC plays a little further forward. Shouldn't that position be a priority? For me, it's kind of obvious. I think you look at last year, we had four position, four players for the double six. We've now got three. So just from a numbers point of view, we need a midfielder. Um, as say, you know, we see Kante goes out for a period of time. If Kante's out, then we are relying on Jorginho and Kovacic. And as we alluded to earlier, while they can be sublime like they can be yesterday, they can also be horrendous. There, there isn't that middle ground. I think you do need that consistency. I do think we need that extra body in there. Um, I don't think Declan Rice is likely this summer, unfortunately. I think that if that was to happen, that would be more likely next summer. Aurelian Chiumeni is a player. Look, I can't talk too much about him because I haven't watched a huge amount of him, so I wouldn't really be in the best position to comment. But he is clearly a huge fan. He is rated very highly by a lot of people whose opinions I respect on Twitter, like Joe Tweedy. He has also, you know, got the praise of someone like Cesc Fabregas, his teammate. Um, he might be potentially more viable. I know he's with Monaco there, got the Champions League, but who knows? Maybe we could maybe nick him after they. He helps them qualify for the Champions League. But Jam, you know, firstly, do, do we need do we need a, a, an, another centre midfielder, a class centre midfielder? And is it kind of slightly worrying that the links perhaps aren't, aren't there at the moment or perhaps have died down a little bit? Yes and yes. I mean, um, we, we definitely need another centre midfielder. I mean, look, look, you said it yourself. We've got so many games this season. Um, and again, I'm going to come back to this. I know firsthand when you don't have a proper pre-season, it comes back. It always comes back to you later on down the line. Um, you have a good pre-season, then you're giving yourself the best chance of not getting injuries during the season, weird muscular injuries and that. 
And I'm worried that a lot of our players just haven't had the ideal preseason. You know what I mean? It's kind of blended into one in a sense for a lot. So that may catch up with a few. Jorginho, Kovacic had slightly longer, I think. Uh, Kante, you know, these are players that didn't have the longest preseason. So I'm, I'm a bit worried. And Kante's injury record seems to be getting worse and worse. So, yes, we do need another player. I would love to get, you know, more of a physical imposing player, physically imposing player. But I do like the mention of Aurelien Tuchemeni that you said. Um, he seems like he's got a blend of, of everything. He can play in a few positions, but um, I feel like he'd be a really good fit for us, actually. Um, yes, everyone knows that I like Declan Rice, but we have to be realistic. We, we, we really do. If they really do want to try and push for 90 million, hell no. You know, unfortunately, that, that shit may have sailed. Um, but one day it might happen, you know, when he's a bit cheaper, more affordable, um, perhaps. But, yeah, we do need a, a, another centre mid. And it is a bit worrying that that has gone quiet because look, look at Kante right now. He's injured. We've only got two centre mids, really. RLC, uh, Loftus-Cheek, I just don't really see him playing in a double six, to be honest. Um, it looks like we're going to be playing the three four three or three four two one, whatever you think it's going to be in that sense. So that means that we can't really afford to, to play him in, in that. It's quite hard. So, yeah, we, we do. We do, lads. We, we desperately need another centre mid, in my opinion. And I really hope and trust that they'll bring someone in. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, this next question is kind of these two questions are very similar. Firstly, Dean Mears, good friend of the show, also part of the Chelsea fan cast, and went to Mo Kings Meadows. Jam mentioned earlier about the Chelsea women's team. They are, a, you know, the coverage they're getting. Check out Went to Mo Kings Meadows, brilliant podcast from Dean um, talking about Chelsea women's team. Um, his question is Who misses out with Lukaku coming in? Have it to Werner or Mount? And Dwayne sort of goes one, sort of, you know, eliminates one of his options. He goes, All right, serious now. Uh, Werner, Lukaku, or Lukaku Havertz, which should be our best partnership, bearing in mind that. May that Mount is untouchable and five of that means we can't have all on the pitch at once. I guess firstly, is Mason quote unquote untouchable? And is you know who who is your ideal front free pairing, I guess, at the at the current time? Uh Jay, I'll go to you. Oh, um, I, I do think it's this is a bit this is easy for me because I do think yes, Mason is untouchable when when fit he plays. Um Obviously, there's the question of, you know, he played a lot last season. Do we want to keep just running him out? Of course not. But, you know, Tuchel can manage that as and when. But if we're talking about our best 11, our best front three, Mason is in it. Uh, of course, you know, Lukaku's in it. That There's no brainer there. And then for me, it's a no-brainer. It's Havertz. I think Havertz is better than Werner. And I don't want to shit on Werner too much because I, I do like him. And he is very good at what he does. But when you're talking the best three, for me, it's Havertz and Mount just behind Lukaku, and that could work so well. I think just picturing Mount fizzing balls to and from Lukaku and to and from Havertz, and then just that front three working so fluid and, and Ram just scoring the goals, like it gets me excited. So for me, it's easy. It's those three. But we've said it already. We've got five trophies to play for this season. We've already won one of... Um, Rotation is going to be key, and also the playing the opponent is going to be key. Uh, Tusha does, you know, he's quite does quite well at that, you know, and who he plays and where people are going to play. So Werner's going to get his minutes, and Pulisic is going to get his minutes this season. But if you're talking best three, it's Havertz, Mount, and Lukaku for me. Fair enough, Jam. Sorry, I got stuck in meat there. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, I I I agree with that. To be honest. Um, Havertz, Lukaku, and Mount is a dreamy front three. <laughs> I just, I just see goals. I, I just see creativity. I just see chaos, mayhem, bedlam for defending teams. And um, I see, I see us overperforming our or outperforming our xG, <laughs> um, which is crazy. <laughs> But but look, let's let's put it like this. Um, I I sincerely think that it's going to be rotation city this season. So we're going to see a lot of players coming in, coming out, coming in, coming out. We've got a lot of attacking players, an array of attacking players. It depends on the team that we're going to be playing against. Okay, if you had to really press me for it, I'd say that front three. But 
you know, if we're playing against a low block, chuck a Ziyech in there, you know, don't play Werner in that. But then if we have unlocked the low block and they, that team has to attack them, then throw Werner on. Do you know what I mean? There's going to be places to play these players. And um, I think Lukaku is probably going to be the real constant in the team, if I'm honest. Um, I think Mount hopefully can play a little bit less or we have a little bit less of a reliance on him only because I'm thinking about his own well-being. But, you know, we've got the players to play in this place as well. So um, he's still a, a massive, massive part of, of our team, of course. But, yeah, it's uh, I'm so excited, actually. The more I think about it, it's amazing that we've got this array of attacking talent to pick from. It really, really is. And, you know, I see Pulisic having a massive say in that too. So bring it on, lads. Bring it on. Yeah, no, I agree. That would, you know, Lukaku Mountain Habits would probably be currently, you know, my ideal front three, but it is very much opposition dependent. You know, say what you want about Timo Werner and he can be incredibly frustrating and he was incredibly frustrating yesterday. He plays his part. You look at the Champions League final against City, you know, the run he makes strikes, you know, makes the space. Havertz's goal in the in the um semi-finals, or he played his part. I think you know, he was the one he squared it to Ziyech, you know. He, him against teams would play with a potential like a higher line or whatever, who are more brave on ball, will leave more space in behind. He will have his time. Pulisic will also get his opportunities. I think with Pulisic, it's simply you just got to manage him well because we know his injury record. He's we've just got to manage him, and with the with the quality we've got, he doesn't need to play every week, and that's fine. You look at someone like City; they can rotate their their attacking options, and it works fine. I think ideally that's what we need to aspire to, and I. Jam, I completely agree with you on Mason Mount. I adore the boy. I love him so much. But I said in our season preview, one thing I want to see this season is less Mason Mount on the football pitch. And that's not because I don't like him or don't rate him. It's because I feel that his two seasons at Chelsea so far, he's basically been, you know, played nonstop. At times, he's maybe been overplayed. And I just don't want to burn the kid out because he has played a lot of football already at a young age. So, yeah, that would be, yeah. It's a, it is very much opposition dependent, but push game to shove that be dream front free. And um, final question, which might make us all fall out, comes in from Kamal. Each one of you needs to rank each other in order. <laughs> oh, I saw this. That... <laughs> I saw this going. What an evil man. <laughs> yeah. Just wants, to, just wants to cause chaos, doesn't he? He wants to watch you know the world burn. He's chuckling right now. You know, he's just sitting <laughs> there just going, whoa. <laughs> oh. I think there might be an easy way out of this, right? I think if we all say, one variation we all win nice one so i'll we go can't for... say ourselves because we're not that egotistical <laughs> yeah so i'll go for nick jam than me right then i say jam j than me yeah i say j nick than me there hey, you go. There we go. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you. Come on. There's Perfect. the answer. There's your answer, Kamal. Sorry. Jordan did also ask a question about where, where's a carefree marmalade bat. Is that joke just, oh, Jordan, mate, honestly, do better. But I love you, big man. Um, right. I don't that silly note. Right, it's time to wrap up uh, this week's episode of At Chess Podcast. It has been a blast to record, boys. So, unfortunately, no Jack this week, but he will hopefully be back. For Arsenal next week, and we'll be back soon. But before we go, as always, I'll let, give, let the boys give themselves one last plug. So, Jam, where, again, one last one. Where can people find you? Where can they find you on Twitter, etc.? All that good stuff, all the Chelsea social stuff. Yeah. So, um, Linktree, ladies and gentlemen, if you check out my uh, website on my uh, profile, my Twitter profile, it's at carefree underscore jam. It's got a link to all the socials on there. Check out the Chelsea social um, on YouTube, Twitch. Twitter, Instagram, check out the Chelsea Social.com um, or .co.uk actually. I should know that as a colour. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's all on Linktree. So please do check it out and uh, big up yourself, Nick. Big up that Chelsea pod. Big up yourself, Jay, as well. Big up back the back post. Yeah. Jay, give yourselves one last one where people can find you, where they can find the back post and also retro kits. Cheers, mate. Yeah, no. Um... Back, the back post on YouTube, we post loads of great content. Um, <laughs> I always find it weird trying to plug myself. Uh, yeah, at JTMLNS for great Twitter content. And if you like football shirts, 
retro football kits on YouTube. We talk about really nice football shirts on there and we have loads. So check us out. Yeah, both great guys. Both, you know, put out brilliant, brilliant content in all various guises. Um, and as for us, we're on Twitter at that Chelsea pod on Insta at that Chelsea pod. We're on all usual podcast platform providers, Apple, Spotify, etc. If you enjoy a pod, if it's your first time listening, a rating and review is always appreciated. You know, spread the word around. At the end of the day, we're all just Chelsea fans talking about the one club that we love you know and more often than not we're in good mood we have good fun conversations and episodes like these are just really really fun to record but anyway guys until the next episode keep blue flag flying high sports social podcast network with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.